With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Life's too short to settle for the same old things. Whether you're picking up a new hobby or checking out that hot new restaurant in town, movement keeps your look and lifestyle fresh with sleek, ultra-clean watches at a price that won't break your budget. With a wide range of fresh modern designs and industry-leading materials, Life never gets old with a movement on your wrist. Make your everyday sidekick for life's adventures a movement watch. Get 20% off at MVMT.com with code SLEEK. That's MVMT.com, code SLEEK. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted once again to be joined by Colin Watt for the Axom Transfer Bulletin Mark 1. Colin, welcome back to the studio. Thanks very much for having us, it's an exciting day Paul. We spoke months ago didn't we about putting together a transfer show, it was tongue in cheek at the time <laughs> but the closer we got to it and the fact that we started to master um, all the technology, I'm saying that with a caveat that you know if the sound drops <laughs> out give me a shout, um, we are, we're here, we're sitting here, this is part one, we're going to be joined in a couple of hours uh, by Lawrence, Lawrence mm-hmm. Conley, yep. who um, regular viewers of the Celtic State of Mind will know and then later on Kevin Graham. I'm going to be taking some of this kit home with me and uh, I'll be doing another one at 12, 12 o'clock tonight. I'll start at 11. I'll be doing a night shift, mate. Right, so first and foremost, there's loads to get through. This isn't just 
a show where we're, we're going to be talking about current transfer targets because there actually aren't enough of them to fill a whole show. We've got a live bulletin sitting to my left, your right, uh, so if anything happens, we'll be aware of it. Mm-hmm. But we were very interested um, to hear that Diego Lazalt of AC Milan has been strongly linked to Celtic. Before we go any further, I'm going to give a big shout out to Stevie Ray, who actually called this quite a few weeks ago. Yeah, I've actually heard his name being put about uh, a few times. Seems to be very highly rated. I was interested to see what Tim Vickery, a South, a South American football expert, had to say and He's impressed with him. He's got 24 caps for Uruguay, something like that. Is he the final piece of the jigsaw? Is that the final uh, player that's going to be coming in today? I'm not so sure. I think there might be moves for one or two more players that might just surprise people. Um, but Diego Lasalt is fantastic. We've, we've finally got someone who is in the ilk of Frimpong. It's what we've been going on about for a long time now, trying to get someone who is attack-minded going down the left-hand side to complement Frimpong being on the right-hand side. Mm. Um, he's done very well for Uruguay at the World Cup. Um, <laughs> the interesting part for me, though, is he's coming from AC Milan. And obviously, as we all know, we drew AC Milan in the group stages of the Europa League. So yeah. it's <laughs> a cynic amongst us would say it's a bit of a, a weird one to, to sign someone from the team we're about to play. But... If this is a player that Celtic's been after for um, a period of time, which, as you said, Stevie Ray says, we, we've been doing it for a, a while, we've been looking at him, and we're getting the deal over the line, we're getting the, the player that we've been after, then for me, I'm absolutely delighted. From what we understand, he's undergoing a medical in London at the moment, and he'll be making his way up to Glasgow this evening to be paraded. Fingers crossed all goes well when we get that deal over the line and who knows, hopefully before the end of the night we'll have one or two more to talk about as well. So we're talking a loan deal? It's a loan deal. With an option deal. to buy? Well, we're unsure about that at the moment. The, the loan deal has been agreed between Celtic and AC Milan. Whether that's going to be a loan with a view to a permanent move at the end of the, the deal is unclear yet. From what we understand, AC Milan are looking to insert a clause that would mean that Celtic would have to pay €9 million Euros mm-hmm. if they were looking to get him. Now, what, I think you said his age just before we came on air. Is he 27, 28? 27, Colin. So €9 million Euros at 28, he'll probably be by the time that comes round. It's not a typical deal that Celtic would go for, although we did make a similar purchase in the sense of uh, Christopher Julian. Mm-hmm. So it's not out the realms of possibility. But as we've went on and on about, this is the season that we're most um, we're most concerned about. This is 10 in a row. If it means that we're going to bring in guys on loan deals just to get the team that we need to win the 10, then I'm all for it. And uh, hopefully we'll be welcoming to Celtic Park in the not-too-distant future. Well, Colin, we do have plenty to discuss because it's been a very interesting um, few months in relation to buying players, the transfer window, football in general. Uh, And I've been watching the breaking news all morning this morning, some of the money that's flying around the English game. uh, We already knew it was... was Preposterous, yeah. Um, but uh, under the circumstances, it seems to be continuing at pace. The, the amount of money that's been spent, um, Celtic. 
we we looked at the change in approach, if you like, mm-hmm. of the type and the caliber of players that that we've been bringing in. Uh, and the first part of this uh, bulletin, Colin, is players that we've been linked to in this window. And what I've done is I've compiled a list of players that we within a Celtic state of mind have discussed as possible links. Mm-hmm. There might be others in in the extended uh, sources and out there on the web, but these are the ones that we've discussed over the last few months. Uh, I've got a list of eighteen, but I'm going to discuss six with you, mm-hmm. six with Lawrence and six with Kevin as we go on. So anyone who's watching is thinking that we're missing anyone out. We are splitting it up. So let's have a look. Now, we're obviously uh, been speaking about Diego Lazolt um, coming in from AC Milan. There's been a few other bits of interest in the Italian markets in Mattia De Schilio mm-hmm. and uh, Omar Colley, Juventus and Sampdoria. Um we, we were speaking the other day there about Collie uh, being close to signing for Fulham, so I'm pretty sure if that's not already been done, that bit of business will get confirmed. Descalio wasn't sure on coming to Scotland. Um, he wasn't convinced uh, mm-hmm. moving from Juve to Celtic at that, that stage when that interest was, was mentioned. It's interesting that we've had that Italian interest, I think, uh, and obviously... Uh, you know, we've gone for Lazol. I'll be pretty chuffed with that, I've got to say. Yeah. Um, Ryan Sessignon, um signed for Hoffenheim this morning on loan. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard it was because when you look at his name, he's actually called Kuasi. Neil Lennon seen that and um, moved on. <laughs> Kuasi, Ryan Sessignon, they'd already got one out. Uh, we want to bring in another one in. Obviously, we missed out on Aaron Hickey, mm-hmm. um, the young guy um, who had played at Celtic as a youngster. He moved on to Hearts. We had a clause in his contract, which meant that if he moved on, we had a percentage of the transfer fee. We were interested in signing Hickey, but when Bologna were dangling quite a large carrot in terms of his um, weekly wages, Celtic were out in terms of that. We could have matched the transfer fee, no problem. And he's gone on to Bologna. Seems to be um, impressing over there so far. Mm-hmm. Would he have been the answer to our left-back woes? Ivan Tony. We were interested in Tony around about the Ayeti uh, time of the Yeti deal. Tony scored a couple of goals yesterday against Scott's kids, Sinclair's Preston. And uh, Alfie Dotti as well, the Charlton um, youngster who we've been strongly linked with. What I would ask is, at the moment of all of those players, obviously some of them have already gone elsewhere, do you think any of them are still on Celtic's radar, those who haven't made any moves? I think Dotti's still on Celtic's radar. I think Dotti is a a long-term option for Celtic. Um, and just reading recently, um, in the last sort of half hour or so, it looks as if Celtic will be concentrating on getting him on a pre-contract in January, mm-hmm. um, which I think will be a great deal for Celtic. Not so good for Charlton, so sorry for any Charlton fans that are listening in. And there are a few, because they were giving me stick last week. <laughs> I remember you on saying. On Twitter. Um, but it looks as if this will be kind of similar to the, the boys at Ben Davies at Preston as well that we're interested in, mm-hmm. um, talking about pre-contracts. Uh, it's good to see Celtic still looking in that market. I remember when Neil Lennon was here the first time, we got guys like um, Joe Ledley on a, a pre-contract, uh, Mikael Lustig joined on a pre-contract as well, so um, it's good to see that we're, we're looking at that market. I think Nick Hammond's done a great job since he's came in. But for me, I think the only one out of that list that would potentially still go on to be a Celtic player in the future would be Dotty. It is an interesting one um, because I think the the big issue has been around the fee. Celtic, I believe, have uh, offered something like a third of what Charlton are expecting to receive for him. Um, And obviously, we'll, we'll look at other options that have come through when... 
uh, Lawrence and then Kevin come on the show later on today. Mm-hmm. But um, when we're looking at that, still on the radar, you think Alfred Doty. And um, who would you say, if any, was the one that got away from the, the list of six that we've looked at this morning? I, I still think Sessignon would have been outstanding Box at Celtic office. Park. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um it seemed to be the issue came down to the loan fee that Spurs were looking for. Um, Spurs were looking for somewhere in the region of two and a half to three million pounds in a loan fee. Mm. Now I know we've already shelled out quite a bit for Shane Duffy to come up on a loan fee. Um, I'd imagine Mohamed Elianusi will be the same as well. Mm-hmm. So it is. I mean, when you're talking, if you put those three loan fees together, they're probably the cost of a Yeti's transfer, if not more. Um, so I can understand why Celtic would be reluctant to, to splash out again on someone you're only going to get a year out of. Um, I think Duffy's got a potential to maybe come here permanently at the end of the contract. There's no option to buy at the minute, but if you're playing for your boyhood heroes, you always want to kind of stay there. Um, so I can I can understand why Celtic wouldn't splash out that kind of money, but it would have been fantastic to see someone like that. And I can only hope that the result is in the same ilk of Sessignon, um and produces the goods. The thing with Sessignon, um, it's a discussion we've had quite a bit on a Celtic State of Mind, Colin. This, um, you know, raising the bar in terms of the calibre of player yep. that uh, we've been bringing in this window based on previous windows. And, you know, there's possible um, options for Celtic in this window. We bring in a few. We've seen it a few times before where, you know, quite a few players at the, the tail end of the transfer window came in and they were project signings. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, chaps like uh, Aoife Labby, who's at Dundee now, and I think uh, Frimpong initially yep. came in and he was of that ilk. It's just that his progression has been quite steep. So there might still be a couple of guys coming in at the tail end. Um, and it, I wouldn't surprise me, to be honest, if, um, for for example, and it's a player that we might speak about later on, uh, the young kid at uh, Motherwell, Alan Campbell, might come in and uh, we might spend two, three hundred grand on a player like that to, to bring him in, maybe loan him straight back to Motherwell. Um, I've been hearing that uh, you know Campbell wouldn't be averse to a move, but uh, he might be looking outside of Scotland. So that would be an interesting one as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've asked you the one that got away, uh, still on the radar. What about any wild cards? Anybody like what Stevie Ray did a few weeks ago, and he threw this in, um, and it seems to be working out. Diego Lazalt. Uh, anybody that we've not really been mentioning that you still think could come to Celtic Park? Um, well, you you did mention the, the player I was probably going to say there, and, and Alan Campbell. Um, I think Alan Campbell would be a, a great signing, especially at the price that Motherwell are looking to cash in for. Um, so I think he would certainly be a good one to come in and loan back out again. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. It seems as though we're kind of in that phase now of if you've not really been linked with a move, then it will need to be something totally out of the blue. And there doesn't really seem to be anybody along that that kind of lines. I think we might still go into the market for a centre back. Right. Um, I have a feeling that we'd we'd quite like to run with maybe another centre back. Um, and who knows? Maybe we could look at someone like Benkovic to come back in. I've mentioned him in dispatches. It's got to be said. And and the reason I mentioned him is because we know the player. Mm-hmm. We know that he would fit. We know exactly what he can do. Uh, I think the reason Neil Lennon didn't play him second time round when Lenny came in on an interim basis was simply because he was planning ahead at that stage. He knew that uh, Benkovic was away in the pre-season, so he thought, well, um, he was actually planning ahead to get the job and, and go into the following season, Colin. So it wasn't as though Lenny didn't fancy him. 
No. I, I always liked Benkovic, I really mm-hmm. did. And I, I think the concern was that, you know, he was injury prone. That was always a concern. Yeah. And uh, obviously we did uh, move on his big buddy, Simunovic. And um, it was the kind of case that we moved him on, we were bringing a similar problem if we bring in Benkovic in terms of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's an interesting one. Will it happen? Do you think we'll do any... This is maybe going into one of the later sections of this podcast. Do you think we'll do business with Leicester? Uh, look, I think there's, there's still a good relationship between Celtic and Leicester. Um, as much as we as fans really don't like the fact and probably still most of us can't stand the fact that Rogers left us in the way that he did um, for Celtic the business sense of it I mean they got somewhere in the region of 78 million pounds for the, the three moving on in compensation so um, 728 rather than 78 yes 728 uh, sorry um, for, the, for the three of them moving on mm-hmm. so um, I wouldn't wouldn't rule it out uh I, do you know, I, I listened to Anthony Joseph yesterday from Sky and he was talking about Celtic looking to bring in a left-back, a right midfielder and a centre midfielder. Mm. Um, I'd love that to be the case today. <laughs> I'd love that we go and make three signings and add to the squad that we've got because, as Alan Morrison pointed out last night, we've only really got 24 of a first-team squad and then you're looking at bringing in guys like Karamoko Dembele, Cameron Harper, um Ken McEnroy's moved out on loan Jonathan Nafalabi as you mentioned has moved out on loan so it's just as I've always mentioned I like to have three players in every position so it'd be good to get that kind of up there I think if anything's going to happen today it'll be loan deals unless something like the Alan Campbell deal comes up Um, and who knows maybe we might go back at the 11th hour for Robert Snodgrass if we end up losing someone today well, Snodgrass will certainly uh, appear in a later list on one of the bulletins. This is the first transfer bulletin of three. Uh, we will be looking at some of the, the uh, comments coming in just a second via YouTube, Twitter and Facebook, Colin. If anyone is watching on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe. We're building our subscriber base at the moment. We're almost up at 3,000. Uh, we're going to double it. We're going to treble it. We're going to keep going until we have a huge subscriber base. Everything we do is free. And um, so, yes, we will be... Uh, having a look to see what you're you're thinking out there and we're speaking to beat it and uh, i don't know if that's a reference it's the marketer's report this week patrizia spagnoletto global chief marketing officer direct consumer for warner brothers discovery weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy and we have to be very respectful about that our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. To Michael Jackson, I mean, that's way before your time. Great song, though. Uh-huh, well, uh, YouTube uh, could be a fantastic player for us. I think what you're looking at there is the fact that, um, I will be asking you in a moment, you mentioned uh, Alan Morrison's uh, comments, and then obviously where we might be looking to strengthen. It's quite obvious that we need an out-and-out left-back. I mean, Greg Taylor is a left-back. He's been playing left uh, wing-back. Mm-hmm. And we certainly need cover in that position. So um, if we, we go out and buy Lazolt or bring him in on loan, then we're going to fill that that uh, area. Um, follow our Celtic. Morning, lads. And a big uh, good morning to yourself as well. Or is it afternoon? I think we've just crept into yep, the afternoon. afternoon, guys. Ian, so uh, good to hear from you as well. Stephen Forbes says that Stevie Ray was spot on yesterday with regards to the signing policy. No more projects for now. We need experience and we need winners. It's a hugely important day for the club season. And I think that's been the way that uh, Neil Lennon's approached it, isn't he, since he's come back in? Yeah, and I think this this transfer window is specifically kind of highlighted that. We haven't really signed anyone that's been a project player. Some will say Turnbull's one, but I think he's someone that can immediately come in and make an impact. Mm. Um, you guys have mentioned before um, signing guys like Albion Ayeti. I mean, that was a £5 million signing. Mm. Originally meant to be a loan deal and Celtic spent the money to to make it a permanent deal up front. Mm-hmm. That is the kind of players that we're being linked with now. And Diego Lasalt was in the exact same sort of ilk. He's a quality, quality player. We're not going and looking for um, project players. And that's why I think Aaron Hickey, as much as... I think he would have been a, a decent signing for the future for Celtic. He's probably not what we needed right now. No, I, I totally agree with that. I and mean, we have been speaking about the, the approach, but then if we go back, and we will be looking back at the end of this show um, to some of the signings that Lenny brought in first time round, he was very good at, at um, very quickly uh, changing the, the look of a, of a side, Colin. Mm-hmm. And I think if you bring in another two, which I'm expecting today, uh, you're then looking at a situation where we've brought in um, seven players so you know that that is certainly going to look like a new Lennon team because they're all first team players they're all first picks like yeah. like you've just said there there's no projects that we're maybe not going to be seeing for six, eight, twelve months um, and then ov- obviously some of them we never see again like the aforementioned Kuasi <laughs> um, but no disrespect to the boy Helen McCallum good afternoon happy Monday to you both and to yourself Helen you're commenting on YouTube as is DM Kids Adventures listening in Chicago great show how good is that when we hear uh, from the audience on the other side of the world. That's tremendous. What time so, would they be in Chicago now? Is that like five knows? hours behind? Who Seven knows? o'clock in the morning? Good morning to you. Billy Subs Grant hopes that we do sign uh, the left-back from AC Milan. And uh, Richard Hargreaves, thanks for getting involved via YouTube. Good afternoon to you as well. Now, this brings us on to someone who will be discussing at length in part two or three of the, the bulletin, uh, which will be out later on. Hope we get Snodgrass. This is from Charles Broadfoot, Worth it for free kicks and corners. Um, although we will be discussing that later on, Colin, what's your thoughts on our link to, to Snodgrass? Well, from my understanding, he was someone that was going to come in to replace a player at Celtic. 
I believe there was talks of a first team player moving on and Snodgrass was coming in to make the the kind of numbers up in that sense. But what a player to bring in in that if that is the case. Um, originally it looks if West Ham were open to a loan deal but now they want a permanent deal, they want them out, they want them off the wage bill. So um, I think you can make a, a guess at who it would be that would be potentially going if he was to come in. Um, but again, it's someone of a Premiership ilk. If you look at the players we've signed this season, we're not signing guys from the Championship or League One or League Two or kind of the second division of the Polish League. We're signing guys that are quality players. I mean, established Premier League players yeah. in England. Yeah, and then we're we're signing guys from Syria as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's uh, it's we've definitely moved up a level in the players that we're being linked with, and I think that can only be said that it's attributed to the fact that we're going to places like Lazio and getting the, the three points mm. so the the better we perform in Europe the more attractive we become to players like this absolutely it does feed into um, times like this in a season where you're trying to get top class players into the club um, now let's have a look at the transfer business so far because we've been very complimentary about um, the business that Celtic and Neil Lennon have done this season, Colin, it's been very impressive. As mm-hmm. you quite rightly said, we're, we're going into the English Premier League and we're buying players and loaning players from that level. Um, we've currently we've brought in five. I would expect that to rise to at least six, maybe seven by the end of today. We're going to talk to you about two of those those signings. First one being the return of Mohamed El Yunusi, who uh, again is on an extended loan deal from Southampton. What's your thoughts been so far on El Yunusi this season? At first, I think he took a bit of time to, to kick on. We hadn't really seen him since the, the League Cup final last season. Um, and in the kind of build-up before that, we were really impressed at him. Um, he has such a good pedigree for a player. We we, we played against him um, seasons ago, and mm. from then on, he's always been someone that we've looked at to try and get in. I think we did try to get him in a couple of years ago before he went to, to Southampton as well. So... When you get someone of that quality, um, it definitely adds a different dynamic to your team. Um, and now, in the last sort of three or four games, he certainly kicked on. Um, and I think he's a very important player for us this season. I think he'll pop up with some really crucial goals. And he's another person that you can rely upon um, when you're going into bigger games to, to give you a performance. He's not going in nervous. He's not um, someone who shies away in the bigger games. He's someone that steps up to the plate. Um, and if you're looking for any sort of example for that, then I would go back to the, the game I just mentioned, the Lazio game away from home, um, where he was outstanding setting up the first goal and he played a fantastic 90 minutes. So when you've got someone like that as part of your squad, you can only hope that it helps bring on some of the players that we've got there. Yeah, definitely. Where do you think his best position is, Colin? Because I think he was becoming less and less effective out left. Mm-hmm. He's been brought in obviously for the European game and was very effective uh, as a substitute against Riga and he's maintained that position since. Do you think that's his best position? I think definitely either in the supporting striker role or in that sort of position behind the the front two. Um, I was crying out for him to be playing in that position ahead of guys like Christy uh, who was kind of the the kind of first name on the the sheet for that uh, place. Um, His link-up play with Odson Edward last year was phenomenal when we were playing the four two three one, um, and I think he can still do that. He still f- seems to have that sort of link up, and 
now that he's got his former teammate and Albina Yeti in there, you're hoping that that partnership, if you can get a Yeti, Edward and Elenusi as your front three, I think that could be really deadly going forward this season. Now, as well as Elenusi, um, Vasilas Barkas. Now, in, a, in an early Axon Bulletin, you threw that name into the hat, I'm not quite sure why, um, XAEK Athens, but lo and behold, we signed him, £4.5m. For some strange reason, he came in for a bit of stick in the Scottish media, say for some strange reason, we all know why that is. Um, try to unsettle the brand new signing. Um, but he really is growing into a bit of a fan's favourite, isn't he? Even yesterday when it's nothing each and he's almost 50 yards out of his goal trying to get involved <laughs> in the, the lead-up uh, to make something happen. I like him a lot. I think um, he, he's a he's a kind of calming influence at the back, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. And I think he is, as we're still sorting, putting together the back three at the minute, he's the one there that is the, the ever-reliable. Um, I know he had a bit of a, a scare yesterday when he came out to collect the, the cross ball, but... I mean, there's been so many of those this season where he's come out and he's been so commanding within his area. I looked up his stats. He's got eight clean sheets in 12 games so far for Celtic, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. Um, and when I, I put his name out there, I knew it was someone that we were looking at last season. And when it was said with all the kind of coronavirus and COVID that was going on, that we would only be really looking at guys that we'd previously been linked with, mm. then... Barkas seemed the, the clear choice when we looked at the options that we had with guys like David Marshall um, Fraser Forster who ended up turning us down Barkas was the, the kind of player for me that stood out and was someone I thought would really come in and do a job for us um, and I think so far that's really been the case, he's not really been tested so far um, he, some of the goals that we've conceded this season, the penalty he nearly got his hand to, mm-hmm. um, the wonder goal against Livingston, I think not many keepers would have saved that, if no, any. No. Um, an own goal, that was Scott Bain. So th- there's not really been a lot of time this season where you've been like, the, the goalkeeper should have done a lot better. Well, you can't blame him for the one Scott Bain let in, can you? <laughs> no, some people will try though. Um, the, the goal uh, at St Mirren, I think the keeper was actually going to save it, but it takes a deflection off Christie to go in. So there's not a lot you can really say about that. I mean, you look at the first half performance at Ross County, where he made three or four cracking saves. Yeah. The game against St Mirren, he made some really important saves. I think he'll be a, a guy that really grows into the position. I think he's here for the long term. I would hope so. And, and I think it's been a, a good bit of business by Celtic. They weren't hanging about after we realised the Foster deal wasn't going to be done, Colin, and a lot of work had gone into that already. Yeah. We had him as a backup and what a backup he's been. Um, we'll look back at some more of the points coming through on the social media channels via Facebook. The Uruguayan would be a great signing. We'd love Snod, Snodgrass too. I mean, I don't even think Snodgrass has divided opinion a great deal. We know that he's 33. I think I read a report where his wages were probably over 50 grand a week. Mm-hmm. It would need to be some bit of um, negotiations to bring him into the club. And someone beat it again on YouTube has just commented, I thought the Snodgrass deal had collapsed. Well, when certainly when Neil Lennon was asked about it yesterday after the game, he didn't uh, give any kind of uh, reason as to um, for us to believe that it was going to happen. But you never know about these things. And uh, football prime ginger afternoon, amazing signing if we get Lazalt. I would agree with that. Richard Hargreaves comments that nobody is better uh, at free kicks and corners than Griffiths. I've been saying that as well, haven't we? 
you know, um, it was it was good to see Lee getting back on the park yesterday. Um, and in here, we just knew that if there was going to be a breakthrough, it was coming from him. Some of us predicted it at half time. And by the way, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and you'll keep mentioning it, I'm sure. Uh, Gary Doonan makes the point that Paddy Roberts, are we allowed to mention Paddy Roberts on transfer deadline day, played for us against his parent club and scored. So um, it may not be an issue to, to sign an AC Milan player and for him to play against AC Milan as mm-hmm. well, Colin. Coutinho done it last season as well for um, Bayern Munich against Barcelona. And that is... If we're going in and talking about strange transfer dealings, that is an incredible one. Um, as part of the, the deal, when Liverpool uh, sold Coutinho to Barcelona, it was inserted into the transfer that if Coutinho, not the team that he was playing for, was to win the Champions League, so Coutinho himself, no matter who he was at, uh, was to win the Champions League, then Barcelona had to pay Liverpool a sum of money. Is one of the clauses. Mm. So for winning it with Bayern Munich, it costs Barcelona a lot of money. Interesting, isn't it? The things that you do when you're desperate to sign a player, Colin. Um, good afternoon to TTV Glasgow FIFA, um, who's joining us on YouTube. Please, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to us on there. And Stevie Mullen, who is a, a great part of the Axon team, he'll be joining us on Thursday. He points out that this would be the first Uruguayan to play for Celtic, but certainly not the first to fight Celtic. So <laughs> I'm hoping that John Clark would welcome him with uh, open arms. Uh, James, James Larkin on YouTube. If this goes ahead, then I'll be quite happy. I think most Celtic fans would be, yep. to be fair. And uh, back to TTV Glasgow FIFA. Lazalt is a top player and we should count our blessings. AC Milan don't realise what a good player they have on their hands and are about to lose. And we are going to be looking at, in just a few moments, Celtic maybe uh, losing players as well, Colin. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll definitely discuss that. But let's uh, chat first of all about the transfer business we've yet to do. Um, obviously if Diego Lazalt comes in that's your left back situation I would think completely sorted and resolved where else do we need to strengthen if Lazalt comes in there's your left back where else do we need to strengthen as I said before I'd quite like us to get another centre back in Um, I think you're always kind of running that risk of injuries coming about I mean look at Beton going off there we moved Elhamid into centre half I always think that El Hamid's best position's out on the the wide. Um, we've seen it yesterday when he put that crossover. That was the best cross of the game and it led to the, the first goal. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you never really know. There, there could be a bid that comes in last minute today that for someone like Christopher Ayer that we just can't turn down. So I, I'd like to think that we're still kind of looking for, for backup options in that sense. And then on the right, we have James Forrest who we don't really know how long he's going to be out for. So I would quite like us to have someone ready if that was the case that we could bring them in. I know Frimpong is really playing in that uh, right wing back position at the minute but there is going to be games this season where we can't really go with the 3-5-2. Um, especially, I mean, say we go to the San Siro we're not really going to play 3-5-2 there. Um, I'd expect us to go with a more 4-4-2 or a 4-3-2-1 and in that case you still need someone out on the right hand side uh, I mean, if Forrest's going to be injured, then you'd be looking for someone to step up. And it's a lot of responsibility to put on someone like Karamoko Dembele, who hasn't actually been involved in the squads in the last couple of weeks. So I'd, I'd quite like to strengthen that position too. I think Dembele will probably creep into the final section um, of this discussion, which is, uh, will anyone leave the club? Mm. Because uh, 
you know, he has been spoken about quite a bit on a Celtic state of mind um, as a possible departure. Now, another player who has been linked via the Welsh media is Harry Wilson, Liverpool. Mm -hmm. He's a winger, a Welsh internationalist. It would be a loan deal again, Colin, and this is the thing, there's so many uh, players like that who are with the elite clubs down there. They've got such a big squad and they're playing under 23 football or they're being loaned out mm-hmm. to various clubs and a lot of them end up with quite a lot of loan deals, don't they? Um, the parent club buys them in young and then they're getting six-month loan deals, 12-month yeah. loan deals. Um, would you be quite happy if a player like like he came in? I think Wilson's a really good player. Um, from what I've seen of him, I've seen quite a, a lot of Liverpool's games, especially in the the... It was called the Johnson's Paint. I don't know what it's called now, where the, the under-23 teams are taking part, and Harry Wilson's a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played quite a few times for Wales, and I think he was on loan last season at Derby. Or, um, maybe someone can verify Bournemouth. that. Bournemouth. Was it Bournemouth he was on loan at? He has been at Derby. Um, but this is the thing with these young players. They go out on loan so often, so regularly, uh, but he certainly has spent time at both clubs yeah. on loan. And I think that... When you've got someone who has got that bit of experience still being quite young, yeah, I'd like to think that he's someone that could come up and do a job here. I know he was linked with the other side of Glasgow at the start of um, this transfer window because basically that Liverpool connection with Gerard, you're going to get some players being linked there. Um, so you've got to, you've got to confirm and, and clarify who you mean by the other side of Glasgow Sorry, because the, obviously we've got Queens Park who have been in the news recently <laughs> with that. Tremendous away strip that they've released, and we'll be speaking about that later on in the week, calling <laughs> on a different podcast. But um, all right, Gerard's the, yes, the link. So, yeah. so I mean, I mean, look at the, they always kind of utilise that that link with Gerard uh, bringing in guys that were a complete waste of time, like Ojo. Um, but if Wilson is available and is looking to make that move because the Euros are coming up, he'll be wanting some first team football. Um, I think he's definitely an option for us and if he ticks that right wing position then I'd be happy enough with that mm, Absolutely um, Right, so that that is interesting to have a look at that and we'll also be asking our um, audience to comment on where you think we should still strengthen It's not a done deal yet, you never know about these things but it does look as though we're um, hoping to get Lazalt in the, in the building Charles Broadfoot not had anyone of Naka's quality since he left. I think you're talking about the dead, uh, mm. dead ball expert. Um, we've got a few decent options in that in that respect um, at the club at the moment. But Nakamura was a bit special, wasn't he? Just a bit, eh? Um, this, this kind of stuff that Nakamura done at Celtic. And do you know what? He's still doing it. I think he's like 41, 42. He's still playing in the, the J-League still, in he's Japan. He's still young, mate, um, at that age. Oh, definitely. Especially if you compare them to certain people. Um, not having a go at you, Paul, don't worry. But he's he's still playing at a high level. There's there's a guy in his team that's, I think, 47, 48. That's the striker for them, and he's the, the left midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he was phenomenal at Celtic. He gave us so many moments, not just the Man United goals, but goals at Rugby Park uh, he scored a fantastic goal against Dundee United where he mm-hmm. chipped the goalkeeper from the edge of the box he scored a hat-trick at Tannadice he's a fantastic fantastic player and um, when you look at it if you were to get someone of his quality nowadays you'd be paying a lot lot more than the 3 million that we played Reg- uh, paid Regina for him mm. but as Fergus McCann once famously said could he do it on a wet Tuesday night at Brockville 
beat it again <laughs> on YouTube. Get Lazolt in, and it's been a very good transfer window. And it's one that we will be looking at in comparison to some of the previous windows at the end of this show as well, Colin, because it is always good to have a look at how Celtic are developing and progressing in terms of uh, recruitment, because mm-hmm. I do think it's improving. Uh, Meek67, I'm guessing Lazolt wouldn't be able to play against Milan. It all comes down to the respective clubs, um, because he certainly wouldn't be cup tied would he no I mean there's there's no cup ties now they, it used to be if you played in the qualifiers you couldn't play in the group stage of the same tournament that rule got taken out about 18 months ago I think it will depend what AC Milan have put into the, the loan deal um, I, I would think that Celtic would move for that to be that he could play for us because by the looks of it he's been out on loan maybe four or five times he's a former teammate of Olivier and Cham at Genoa mm. um, so there's a, the partnership in there and I mean you, you kind of hope that these that part of the loan deal kind of thing's kind of been and gone now you, you're only going to be playing two games as opposed to maybe playing each other in the league where um, it's it's kind of the done thing where you can't play against each other so here's hoping that you'll be available for them games Yeah absolutely Martin Devine you're commenting on Twitter welcome to the show if we only sign a decent left back left wing back I feel the squad is strong enough for 10 in a row if we retain everybody and that takes us on to the next point Colin some quotes from Neil Lennon recently it will go to the wire I'd imagine we don't want anyone to leave I'm very confident they will all still be here so those quotes coming directly from Neil Lennon Um, we've already put 26 players out in this transfer window 12 of which were loan deals and 8 could be classed as first team players Mm -hmm. Colin if you had to keep one from the players that uh, have departed during this transfer window who would it be and why? See for me it would probably be I think it would be a kind of toss up between Hayes and Semenovic Um, and the reasons for that being it's the kind of positions we've been struggling to get replacements for at the minute. Um, for the amount of time that we waited and waited and waited to get Shane Duffy in, we're playing games um, where we had Julian and Ayer, and that was really your only options. Beaton kind of came in, Elhamid sort of came in, but he was injured for a period. For me, I would have gave Suminovic a, a one-year deal, um, and if we got the su- significant and sufficient cover in, then I'd have let him go on a free because he was a, a good servant to us. Hayes, again, he was ever reliable. Um, he was pretty much Neil Lennon's first sub every time. I can understand that he wanted to go and have that more stability. Uh, I think he signed was a two or a three-year deal at Aberdeen, whereas Celtic only offered him a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. So the, the two guys that you could rely upon now and again. Um, Semenovic not as much with his injury um, history, but it would have been good to have them part of the squad in the same sense that, that I would have kept Lustig when he moved on as well. Yeah, you did say that. And um, he's obviously gone back to Sweden, isn't he? Lustig after a season away. Yep. He's gone back to Sweden. But uh, you refer to Lustig and also Joe Ledley has been brilliant bits of business by Lenny back in the day, uh, whereby we were bringing in a player in Ledley who I think himself said that he, they had turned down, Cardiff had turned down a bid of six million quid for him around mm-hmm. about the time. Yep. Um, so that's a, that was a kind of quality of player we were bringing in when Joe Ledley joined the club. And um, when we look at the players who have been linked to moves away from Celtic Park, Colin. 
uh, on the back of Lenny's comments there. I'm confident that we're going to keep them all. You have suggested that Snodgrass was coming in to replace someone like Ryan Christie, I would guess. The other guys that have been mentioned of the four would be Encham, Eduard and Ayer. Now, of course, Encham's been linked to moves to France, mm-hmm. um, but also to Southampton and West Brom. Mm-hmm. Eduard, Aston Villa and Arsenal have been quoted. Christy Burnley, which has already been uh, confirmed as not being the case from Neil Lennon. And Ayer has um, been linked strongly to AC Milan, a link that was confirmed and verified by Paolo Maldini himself. So, the four players that Neil Lennon wants to keep at the club, if we lose one, Colin, who would it be from those four and what's your reasons behind that? It's a, it's a hard one. Um, f- it would certainly not be Edward and it would certainly not be Ayer um, because I think at this late stage to get someone of their class in to replace them, it, you're, you've run out of time now. You're, we're sitting here just under 12 hours to go of the window and you're talking about trying to get a deal like that done for someone of that quality. Uh, I'm sorry, that's just a, a, no, a no-brainer. That's not happening. So I would take them out of the list. What you're left with is in Cham and Christie. Um, two similar yet different types of players. And Cham, with the more defensive-mindedness, Christie um, certainly isn't shy of having a shot at goal and wants to be creative. I think for me, in that sense, I would probably be leaning more towards Ryan Christie. Mm. Uh, and I think that is going to probably annoy quite a few people but I think Christy himself sees himself at a higher level than Celtic he thinks he's 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 got that ability to, to make the move on um, I have heard that he was at the start of this window certainly looking to make that move down to the Premiership um, and certain former managers of ours were linked with him um, You're allowed to say his name Okay, Brendan Rodgers was linked with making a move It wasn't Tony Mowbray, was it? <laughs> well, that would be interesting um, But Brendan Rodgers did inquire about him mm-hmm. At the start of the window um, His agent has been proactively looking to, to move him on What kind of upset me looking back at the highlights of yesterday's If you take a look at Ryan Christie He doesn't celebrate the first goal Noticed that at the time and, I noticed that at the time. I mean, it could just be one of those things. I mean, but you just wonder when we're talking about Edward being affected by transfer speculation, is someone like Ryan Christie also being affected by transfer speculation? He's not had the best start to the season. He blows a lot of hot and cold. Um, what I'm just hoping for is that we don't sell any of them before the transfer window closes. Well, that would be that would be the ideal, you know. Um, Ryan Christie, has he performed well this season I think he has I actually do I think he has not just in the goals return um, I was looking closely at his performance particularly in the second half uh, in Europe there uh, against Sarajevo and everything that we did uh, creatively came through Ryan Christie there was eight points uh, that I made and that be that could be a, a you know a delivery or a shot and it was all coming through Ryan Christie and I think when you look at that type of performance yes he gives the ball away a lot um, a lot of his deliveries end up out the pitch, Colin. Mm-hmm. But I think I've, I was saying this yesterday again. He does take risks. He's that type of risk, pl- uh, type type of player who takes risks. But because of that, he creates a lot of chances. He creates a lot for Celtic, and I think he creates a hell of a lot more than in Cham. 
So there, there's the balancing act there. Now, maybe his agent will be quite happy if he goes because he'll get a cut, but so mm. will Inverness Cali Thistle because they've got a 15% sell-on clause on Ryan Christie mm-hmm. as well. I would be far um, uh, less happy if Christie was to go of those four than in Cham, who, a play, who is a player that I rate and regard very, very highly. But I think when you're looking at the, actually what they're providing the, the team at the moment, I think Christie's providing a hell of a lot more. But I take on board what you said there with regards to the celebration, and it might have just been him keeping his composure for the last 30 seconds of the game. That's why he wasn't celebrating. But, you know, when you score a goal at that point of the game, Colin, the the raw emotion that, um, that you feel as a fan and as a player, um, sometimes it's hard to, to keep a lid on that. Yeah. So that was a bit of a concern. It took me back to some situations in the past where certain Celtic players had made it uh, known and made it public that they wanted to leave the club and they're walking about in the huff. And we all remember a player who has become um, legendary in Celtic fans' eyes, but Stan Petrov walking around the pitch when we, you know, looking as though he didn't want to be there. And you're looking at um, that kind of petulant behaviour in any player. And I, I'm not happy about that in any player wearing the green and white hoops of Celtic. But again, we might be looking too much into the body language there, Colin. So um, we'll wait and see. I'm hoping that, that Christie stays. I really do. I like all four players. I want them all to stay. But if I was to choose one, it would be in Cham for me. See, I, I think where we're kind of at a difference here is for me in Cham is a sort of more defensive-minded player. And I think if we were to have an injury to say Brown or McGregor this season then and Cham's the guy that you're going to turn to and he's going to be the one that comes in there um, if you have an injury to, to Christie I feel like we're more covered in that position Elanousi can play in there Turnbull can play in there um, if, if Snodgrass was to come up and be the replacement then he would be able to play in there as well so um, for me I, I'd rather see us kind of protecting that area at the back and keeping in Cham um, the, the thing about Christie as well is he's getting to the stage where Peter Lawwell has always said if someone signs a four year contract after the two years is done they either sign a second contract or it's someone that we try to move on now I know the offer's been out there for Christie to sign a new deal mm-hmm. he's yet to sign it so is that playing in the minds as well that we don't want to lose someone on the cheap where's the kind of scenario there for example and I'll, I'll put it out to the viewers and to yourself if we were to move on someone like Ryan Christie or Olivier and Cham, what's the kind of fees that you think it would be looking for? Well, again, I don't think Celtic um, can let any player go uh, on the cheap. Uh, we were unhappy when we were hearing about Tom Roderick leaving for £4 million. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few weeks later, he's on the park playing his bit, doing his bit against St Johnston. And in in what became a must-win game, I came in five minutes before the end and said that to you, Colin, we cannot afford to yeah. lose anything and drop any points here yesterday up in Perth so you know nowhere near that fee uh, when it comes to Christie it would be nowhere near £4 million because there's a player there under normal circumstances if you were to sell him and he had a couple of years left on his contract um, that that's a question that you know would Celtic be happy to let him go for £14-15 million I think it would be in that ballpark under the circumstances does that take it down to the £8 million mark I think you'd be looking for somewhere in the region of eight to ten million pounds for Ryan Christie. Um as it stands right now if he was to, to, to go say today on the last day of the transfer window. Um I think that's the kind of fee that you'd be looking at. In Cham there's been talk of him going for 
um, 14 million, 15 roughly to the thing that was the last figure that was quoted um, to West Brom and to Southampton. I, th- I think you probably end up getting more value for Incham because he has that experience of playing for the France under 21s. Mm-hmm. I also believe Incham's younger than Christie as well. So you've, he's kind of got that as well. I don't know. As I said, I, I wouldn't want any of them to move on now. I think we really need to be coming out this window in a position of strength. Um, and as it stands, if you're bringing in someone like uh, Lazalt and you're managing to keep Edward, Ayer, um, Christy and um, sorry, and and Cham, that for me means that we're coming out that window a lot stronger than what we went in it. Um, and that's what we really need to do this window. And that's the the way and the, the first step on the route to 10. Theo Walcott's uh, reportedly going back to Southampton um, today as well. So, you know, when you're looking at the the merry-go-round in English football, Colin, it's hilarious. Like, you know, when the amount of players and the amount of money that's involved. And I've not seen anything mentioned about any of these four players. I mean, I know that Ayers' interest is elsewhere, but I've, I've seen no interest in Encham, Edward um, and Christie. They've not been quoted. I know for a fact there was, there was uh, interest in January for Christie. And Celtic would not play ball at that stage, and uh, obviously, you know, we're we're way into his contract now. We're at that stage where if a if a, a deal can be done, we might want to get it done. Um, looking back at transfers in the past, Boyata, who eventually left for no fee when we had a, a bid on the table of circa nine million quid, mm-hmm. I don't think Lowell would be burnt like that again. No, no, definitely not. Um, and I think it even goes back to. Uh, when Henrik Larsson left the club on a, a free transfer, I think when you you let someone of that quality go and you, they see their contract out, then you, <laughs> you, you are losing that kind of value. Peter Lowell's always a, a businessman first. He's a businessman first and a Celtic fan second. Um, and the, his job is to keep the Celtic business ticking over. Uh, so if the, the deal was to come through today for say 12 to 13 million pounds for someone like Christie or for Incham, if it was required to balance the books, then he he would certainly look to maybe get that deal done, but as you're saying, the interest really doesn't seem to be there as such, and there's been no concrete offers. We've not had bids turned down by Celtic for any players. So, as far as I'm concerned, when we wake up tomorrow morning, I fully expect them them four to be uh, still Celtic players. When I get to my bed tonight, you mean? Oh, one of them ones. Right, now, I do expect, though, there to be quite a lot of moves. I say quite a lot. You know, there's so many young players in that squad calling it need first team football we've uh, loaned out quite a lot as I say we've already got 12 loanees 26 players out a lot of them were youngsters whose contract was up would we be looking for deals for the likes of Dembele um, getting them out on loan maybe Anthony Ralston still part of that first team squad doesn't seem to be quoted anywhere um, these guys would be better playing elsewhere surely even if it's definitely. just on loan yeah definitely and the fact that um, it looks as though the uh, Tunnock's wafer, caramel wafer, whatever trophy it's called, is not happening this season. So we're not even going to put a, Col- a Colts team out mm. into uh, that tournament. So for me, that is the kind of signal that if you're a young player at Celtic and you're not in and around the first team squad, that is your key to, to make that games. move out in loan. Yeah, yeah. Aitchison's uh, the other one. Yeah, Aitchison, Henderson, uh, Dembele, Ralston, Cameron Harper, guys like that, I think will definitely make the move out. Um, the thing is, though, I think we've got to be careful as well that we don't send too many out. That if we did ever come to the fact that we were requiring guys in, um, 
like we ended up having to recall Stephen Welsh last season, so mm-hmm. you don't want to really get into that. But I'd rather these players were playing week in, week out at a decent level um, than just kind of... Because who knows when their next game would be if they were playing for the the They need reserves. to play games, absolutely. Now, Colin, what is always interesting, and we've mentioned it a few times, all in a Celtic state of mind, is how our uh, transfer activity is developed uh, over the years. So let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning of nine in a row. Seems like a long time ago now. <laughs> and uh, the business that we were doing in season one of the, of the nine, players coming into the club... And um, when you're looking at some of the, the names mentioned, uh, Kelvin Wilson, where is he now? Uh, Adam Matthews, adaptable, can play right or left back. Signed for Charlton. He was freed, wasn't he, from Sunderland? Yeah, signed yeah. for Charlton this week. Victor Wanyama, we spoke about Wanyama coming in from Beershot for 900 grand. Fraser Foster coming in for one of his four deals, I think, that he's had. Yep. Um, Mo Bangura. The wrong Bangura we signed. Uh, probably. And uh, El Kaduri. Now that that's a bizarre one. That was um, a great goal at Ibrox, though. It was uh, one of the strangest kind of players ever. But when you think about the, the lack of game time he actually got, uh, players going out: Andreas Hinkle, um, Niall McGinn, and Suarez. Who remembers Suarez? Oh, fantastic mm-hmm. one! It was like four million pounds we paid for for him when he came in. A few um, good games. He uh, was getting interest from the English uh, top dogs. Next thing you know, he goes in international duty. It was never the same again. <sighs> Bermuda Triangle effect, isn't it? And um, he's now playing for Ronnie Dyla. That's where he is now, Efram Juarez. So looking at that as a transfer window, Colin, how how would you rate that compared to where we are just now? I mean, obviously we've not included all the players that went out in that window. These are just the kind of key names. There was obviously, as you said, like this transfer window, 26 players leaving. So a lot of them are kind of youngsters like Dominic Chervy and guys like that who moved on. Um, But when you look at it, it was all positions of strength with the exception of maybe Mo Bangura we knew we needed a striker but we didn't uh, really bring in the right striker Um, Wilson was fantastic for Celtic eventually got homesick and moved back down south Matthews again a young player coming in but he settled right in there got him in on a free didn't we yeah I think so yeah yeah. Um, and again came in and, and done a real shift for us Victor Wanyama, fantastic. Well, yeah. well, one of a kind, I think, Victor Wanyama. Um, it's sad to see him playing in the North American League. I think there's still so much more you could get out of Wanyama. Uh, I think he's at Montreal Impact at the minute. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Coached by Thierry Henry. Um, great for him. I'm sure it's a fantastic lifestyle, but I still think there's so much more you could have got out of him. Fraser Foster, what can you say about him that hasn't already been said? It would have been maybe his fifth or sixth time at Celtic if he'd came back this summer. Um, I just, I feel as though when he looks back at his career, his time at Celtic will still be his, his happiest times and probably his most successful times. Going out, Andreas Hinkle, good servant to the club. Great in the, the television adverts that he done. Um, Niall McGinn went on to have a great career, just wasn't the right signing for Celtic. And no. Efren Juarez, well... <laughs> I think we've already touched on that one. Yeah, it was unfortunate because uh, he looked like a player and then, you know, all went wrong. But when you're looking at that in terms of Neil Lennon signings, they're, they're players that uh, came in for the first team. I don't think, was there any rumour in the, uh, was there any truth in the rumour that Larson didn't come back as a coach because we still haven't forgiven him for recommending Bangura. <laughs> I don't even think it was he, that Bangura he recommended. He's one it? of the worst. He's one of the worst uh, strikers I've ever seen at Celtic Park. I can't remember and, if he um, scored. El Kaduri. 
Um, he was a stopgap, wasn't he? Came in. That was alone. a loan deal. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, when you're looking at the four main signings there, Wilson, Matthews, Wanyama, Foster, you start to get a sense of what Neil Lennon does. He yeah. brings in specific types of players, not particularly to develop them, just because he knows he can do a, a very uh, specific job for Celtic. So that's not really changed. If you were to compare that season to this season, which is the best transfer window? This season. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Moving on though, uh, after that, um, we brought Foster back in again in season 2012-13. Effie um, Ambrose came in. Mm-hmm. Miku on loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, famous for the appearance in the Barcelona game. Kamina, was it Nantes we brought him in from? Goalkeeper. The goalie. This is, this is where I feel our transfer business is not done today. And, uh, because odd. Lennon always seems to throw in a third choice goalkeeper somewhere. Really? And Lassad. Scored a great goal at Tencastle. Yeah, I mean, not as impressive, I don't think, when you look at the players coming in. Uh, Obviously, Ambrose played a lot of games. Foster did what Foster does. But the others, you know, kind of nothing players, empty jerseys really in in many respects. I think that a lot of those, well, I say a lot of them, there was only five signings there, but Miku, Lassad, Kamina, they were all squad players. When you look at the team that we had then, we're talking that we had the fantastic partnership up front of Gary Hooper and Anthony Stokes. Scoring goals for fun. Mm. Um, this is the the first season where it was between Celtic and Aberdeen for the the title. Um, was this the first sign that we weren't going to be spending as much money without having um, a Glasgow derby to contest? And it was almost a shoe in that Celtic were going to win the title. Still, two good signings for Celtic in that sense. And Foster and Ambrose, Miku played in the Barcelona game and was actually one of the best players that day and Lassad could score the odd goal here and there so overall not too bad in the end if we take a look at the, the guys that went out the big one there was the, the big money move and it was Ki Sung Young um, at the time probably wasn't the biggest loss but a, still a fantastic player mm. it was a, and he's still playing he's had, a fun, he's had a great career since he left, I mean, his distribution was unbelievable. I still blame him for the uh, the fact that Kilmarnock beat us in the League Cup final, though. Mm. Because where that, that breakaway started, it was quite obvious that we were strapped at the back and it was going to be a, you know, a one-on-one or a two-on-two, you know, and all he had to do was take the boy out. But he was too cultured. He just didn't do it, did he? Yeah. On about the halfway line, he'd been booked for it and he didn't do it. Um, other players that left, Chaduri, Juarez on a permanent. Um, Chaduri wasn't my favourite player. I must admit, I remember seeing him against Sion and um, it was dreadful. And I, th- I thought at that point he should never play for Celtic again. The best um, thing about Chad is the Kevin Bridges story. Have you heard the Kevin Bridges story? I have not. Kevin Bridges met Nicole Scherzinger and they were stuck in a lift and they started talking to each other. And uh, Kevin Bridges brought up the fact that uh, at Celtic there was the song to the Pussycat Dolls, Don't You? which went, don't you wish your right back was Chad <laughs> And he found it hilarious, but Nicole Scherzinger walked away from him after that. <laughs> well, eh? um, so really, when you're looking at that, as you say, they're stripping back to a degree, certainly not as impressive as the 11-12 season, no. and nowhere near as impressive as this season, I would guess. No, no, and if you look at it as well, we brought in, we got rid of a bomb scare in Leuven's and brought in a bomb scare in Ambrose, so I think we, we balanced the squad out there. But he always smiled. Um, 13-14, uh, the third season of the nine, and we're looking at Amido Baldi, Danny McGrain's favourite player. Uh, Virgil van Dijk, Borigta, Beton, and Pukki. Mixed bag. 
Definitely. And do you know what? We were excited about most of them, if not all of them, when they, they signed. Uh, Amido Baldi scored that winner against Liverpool in Dublin. Uh, Virgil van Dijk, I remember the, at the time when Virgil signed, uh, there was one of the boys from um, Holland uh, where I work, and he was convinced that Virgil was going to Ajax. So when he signed for Celtic, it was a complete surprise to everyone over there. But Richter seemed to kind of be one of those ones where we knew he was going to be injury prone from day dot. He was always injury prone, but we still spent £3 million on him. And, uh, well, I mean, he didn't really do anything for us. I think he scored one goal. Beaton, star man, still here, 28 years old. He's been here now on his eighth season. Aye. And he's kind of finally getting the, the recognition he deserves for his, his time there. Some people would have them in their team of the nine in a row. Um, ever reliable, if not slightly controversial at times, but um, will always put in a performance. Got us through several uh, qualification periods when it was guys like him and Owen O'Connell at centre half. Uh, and Timu Pukki. I shudder. I shudder to think. Pukki, <laughs> what a penalty that was yesterday. Oh, fantastic. Um and then you're looking at players like Murphy, Ronya, Wanyama, unfortunately, Hooper, Wilson, McCourt and Watt leaving. Um, the two biggies being obviously Wanyama or Hooper. I mean, that when you look at that as an overall transfer window, a wee bit disappointing, but uh, your paybacks, Virgil van Dijk and Beaton really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, I think that it was like £20 million between Hooper and Wanyama leaving. Mm-hmm. So this was the time when we were starting to really claw back the fact that... Yeah, spending two and a half on Virgil van Dijk. Exactly, but... Overall, I mean, we didn't really replace Super, but replacing Ronya with Virgil van Dijk, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wanyama with Beaton at the time, it, it kind of worked for us. Um, sad to see these players go, but we always know when players like that come in and they show that quality, they are going to move on and that's just the kind of club that we're at. If you were to compare that season to this uh, transfer window that we're currently in? Still this season, unfortunately. Still this season. I agree with you. Unfortunately, none of those three kind of tie in with where we're at right now. No, I totally agree with you. Now, Colin, uh, we have been looking at the updates. Sessegnon's uh, confirmed Hoffenheim. He's offski. Uh, but we haven't seen anything else coming in or leaving Celtic Park. But we will be coming back. When's the next bulletin? It'll be at two o'clock with Lawrence Connolly. Uh, all that's left for me to say is thank you, Colin Watt, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Thank you very much, Paul. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you've got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner.
It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.